When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome everyone to the Wednesday Club. This is Excess Manchester. It's six o'clock. Uh, first thing to tell you, I'm joined by Ian Cheeseman and Steve Shanyatsky. You all right? Even gentlemen. Uh, we are not live today. It is Wednesday, though. We're live on Wednesday. But, uh, Ian, you'll be on your way to Anfield as we speak, maybe even at the ground now. I'm there. I'm uh, at the ground. You're at the ground. So we're just... I, I can do Give him a wave. Time. Talk we... on the radio can and I... wave. This is cool. painful to me because I've had to come in early to record this show so that Ian can go and watch the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, that is. That is. Ian, you owe him one. You seriously, you one it's Thank offensive. You. It's a Wednesday because we're a big team at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, so Ian is on his way to uh, Anfield I'm now. There. He's there now. So we pre-recorded only a couple hours earlier uh, to make sure we give you the build-up you deserve for the City-Liverpool game in the Champions League. Also, Derby Day is happening. It seems like it's being overshadowed by the Champions League quarter-final, but a big day game on Saturday is on its way. Stay with us for an hour till 7 o'clock and we'll preview everything for you. Um, so, Ian, you'll be at Anfield as we speak, but uh, nerves nerve settling in. Are you nervous? What's going through your head as a City to, fan? I used to get nervous when I was younger um, and I see people on social media saying, oh, I've got butterflies and I didn't sleep well. Um, and I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, like big time or something, but I've got over that now. I can't deny that I'm excited. That's how, different. How have you got over that? Because I'd, I'd be, I'd still be nervous and stuff. How, how come you don't? You yeah, get butterflies. I get the butterflies and all that. But I'm talking about that, worrying about um, City losing to Liverpool and getting oh, kicked out. Because and all I'm that. a blue, right? I want City to win. I want City to beat Liverpool. But it isn't uh, the end of the world to me if City were to lose. I did a, I did a column in the MEN this week. Interesting. And I basically said the way that City are playing at the moment, the football that they're playing um, is just so amazing. that it, And to me, it isn't just about winning. And I, I suppose I indirectly had a little bit of a dig at your lot and saying that the mentality <laughs> of United fans, without actually naming them, is that it's all about loads. winning. Because there's loads. You can't name all United <laughs> Imagine that. We've got an hour. Hey, we've, uh, today in the MEN, we've got an extra supplement, Ian Cheeseman's names. <laughs> yeah, Every the United fan he's ever met. And then their addresses, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know where this is going. And, uh, yeah, 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 London, yeah, London. London that. <laughs> Shanghai. Yeah, so exactly. nerves, no 
nerves at the no, minute. Yeah. Will there be no, nerves no, when they? Yeah, an exciting nerve. You know, obviously I want them to do well. Um, at the moment, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I don't predict scores. I'm not going to predict a score. But I am saying that I feel reasonably confident yeah. that over two legs, City will go through. I didn't get a chance to watch the games last night. I wish I had, but I was at somebody's yeah. house who didn't have BT Sport, so and I didn't have a stream or anything. So well, I didn't watch as a it. as a non-professional pundit, I will tell you now the issue is Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, he I can is work that out. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> he will drag any team. Towards a win, like he did with Portugal in the in the uh, Europe European Cup uh, in the Maradona Euros, used to do that, didn't he? Unbelievable, yeah. mate! Yeah. I I just stopped watching Coronation. You're Street always watching misses. Coronation <laughs> Street, <laughs> aren't you? Mate, I've got to keep her happy somehow. <laughs> Because out, outside outside the television, there's nothing relationship. There's nothing. We got nothing in common. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, we were watching a show that was recorded for Monday, and it stopped just. You actually, the... hang on a minute. You recorded Coronation Street to watch last night. <laughs> That's uh, even worse than watching it live, <laughs> isn't it? Well, we were, we uh, we watched the fi- we watched the film. We watched uh, <laughs> Murder on the Orient Express on Monday. Right? Well, you, on, why were we doing this? What an insight! It's like. <laughs> What an insight! Why are we doing this? My 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 tiresome life. The TV guide was Steve. Possibly one of the one of the worst. Oh mate, I'm not going to spoil that. But if you don't know, and it was written in the 1930s, then you seriously need to catch up. Anyway, it stopped. The 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 recording of Corey stopped just as he was about to score that goal. I couldn't believe what I saw. I've seen the goal. And the the Juventus fans' response, I think that would be... I would hope that would be universal because they just applauded. They just stood and applauded one of the greatest goals in... Definitely one of the Champions League, but one of the greatest goals that's ever been recorded on TV. Just like City did in the derby when Wayne Rooney scored. Yeah, whatever. Is that because he used his shin, not his foot? They were like, ah, we're exactly. connoisseurs at the. We're I do remember being at a, a a game that involved West Ham and United, and Tevez scored for West Ham, and it was an incredible goal, and everyone did give him a sort of round of applause. It did help that United were four 0 up at the time. So uh, I remember being there in that moment where you can appreciate things. Do you think if if it was scored against United or scored against City, that goal? Do you think you'd still? Give him a round of applause. The best and, example oh I can God, give. I was, I, at Stamford, I was at Stamford Bridge. The, uh, the the we the away fans used to sit in front of where the press box is now in that terrace, and uh, and I think it finished one one the game. So it wasn't one of those like you're talking about, Joe. Where yeah. you know my team was so dom- dominating and won anyway. I think they drew one all, and Rude Hullet scored this fantastic goal from distance, and I couldn't help it, but I actually leapt up in the city section and applauded, and then I looked around and I thought. Nobody else is applauding here, are they? It's only me. But I, ju- I just thought it was a great... Yeah, you've got to admire stuff that's great. Yeah, it was. I'm going to revert back to what I said last week about when... Uh, if you were to win the derby and I was supposed to congratulate you on the on the on during the uh, Man City and Man United derby, you're going to win the league and all that sort of thing, that big. Uh, would that would big United... I, I would imagine United <laughs> fans... If, if a City player scored a goal like that in front of United fans, we would do the Oscar nominee but didn't win applause <laughs> where you're sort of smiling but you're full of hate and you're clapping but you're like they wouldn't even do that come on they wouldn't do that in the derby especially if it happens this Saturday I don't think well, you do most that the, most of the, United, the lads in the back of the old, uh, old Trafford have got the mixed scarves on they'd applaud anything mate I think what 
what is what is fascinating <laughs> as as people who obviously just uh, love radio and talk about radio and do whatever they want and sorry football uh, they talk about football, <laughs> like radio, radio. I love radio as well <laughs> cheers for listening do you love curry do I just talk about curry <laughs> who did it um, I think that if we were to write a week for City fans like yourself to to be able to in the Champions League quarterfinals Liverpool then to win the to win the league in a derby match, it would be the and then league, to go ahead the next Tuesday and beat Liverpool again, progressing to the semi-finals. I didn't see this coming. Did you, Ian, at the beginning of the week? The sort of the, this the week will be. Yeah. You will look back at this in five, ten years' time and just remember a week ahead. He's of lost thing. the plot, hasn't he? Did I imagine this at the beginning of the week? Yes, I imagine. No, it at the beginning mean, of the week. You know what Did I means. imagine it at the beginning the of the season? You meant, didn't yeah. You? It's a good it's a good job this can't be edited and it is actually not going out live, isn't it? Because it, all this will still be in. Uh, did I imagine at the beginning of the season? No, no. In fact, I was when United drew Sevilla in the last round of the Champions League, I was absolutely convinced we were going to have three derbies in eight days. Yeah, you were, and you were right at and that time. Convinced, yeah. convinced. So this this Liverpool game is sort of. Pretty much the second like most likely, I thought, of the scenarios. And to play Liverpool twice, the only team that's beaten City in the league this season, um, and deserved to, by the way, although it was 4-3, I'm, I'm willing to say that they were 4-1 up and City got a couple of late goals, which did, in the end, probably slightly, not not flatter City, because they kept going and that was something to be said. But but they, what I'm saying is they deserved to win that game. Here's a thing for you, though, because I, I clearly remember that Liverpool-City game at the start of the season. And Liverpool were on top of you until until uh, uh, someone got sent off. Mane, Mane. You're talking about the game at the Etihad. You're talking about the Etihad. Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, yeah. They were they were on top of you then. City were one nil up. Yeah, but they were they looked like they were going to score. It, it, it looked like. Yeah, yeah but I'm, I'm telling like you. Know, so what do you think, like, as a, as a neutral then? Uh, even He's though not the, neutral. I know, well, as a neutral to this game, even though you probably have a bit of hate for both teams. Did you have, have just a touch. any <laughs> any thought about what's going to happen tonight? Yeah, I have two thoughts. Go for wow. it. Wow. One is that One's I'm going to watch Coronation more Coronation <laughs> <laughs> No, um, I've had two thoughts. I wrote, I wrote them down. I, I have. You wrote them down? Yeah, I wrote, I wrote his thoughts down. I can't. It's I a get, very I, small book, that, I by have, the way. Yeah, yeah. This is my thoughts book. <laughs> and there's two things written on it because I'll forget them. Right, okay. Better so, look down, then. If... If City if if City score uh, in the first twenty minutes, I think I think it's game on for you. I think you're all right. Considering that was written down, it took you a lot to get that out, didn't no, it? No, because I had a deep I had to deep think this. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? This has got this has gone to level. this has gone to like mega mega thinking. It's like level. that Tom Cruise film. A I'm dream telling you a now, dream. if United if City score in the first twenty minutes, then I think it's yours. It's yours. It's yours to lose, but it's yours. It's basically yours. But if if Liverpool can hold on for, 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 through that onslaught of what what City give you first twenty minutes or so, and then hold on, I think because they're at home, I think they'll nick it. So it's it's all to do with that first twenty thirty minutes. I think the whole game will be decided then. Whoever scores first in that point, or whether it's nil nil, and whoever looks like the better, which I think. Uh, so if if City score in the first twenty or thirty, it's yours. But if they don't, I think you you need to be worried because Liverpool aren't going to stop coming. They aren't going to stop. Don't, don't publish that as a. And book. they've got Van. It's a quick quick toilet read. But this is my only. You've asked me what my theories are, and that's my theories. 
Is that, that two theories? That, well, it's it's not. It's it's a combination right, of two right, ideas, okay. isn't it? Either because what one way Liverpool win, one way City win. Um, this is XS Manchester. It's the Football Social's <laughs> you know I mean? Wednesday Club. Um, your thoughts on Steve Shanyaski's? I'm glad you've inner... named him. At least he gets the responsibility now. Look, he's taking a swig of his coffee. It's like he's let the team down. Uh, your thoughts on what Steve had to say about the game, and before we move on, your own opinions and thoughts about well, what's going to happen. I've written down all my game. ideas down here on a piece of paper, <laughs> which is blank, by the way, for the record. Um, I can see where Steve's coming from. Amazingly enough, thank you yeah. again. If thank City you. score early on, then. I think a lot of these quarterfinals and semi-finals of the Champions League are won in the first leg. Mm. Um, now it, this might, might be the exception, and obviously if it was four-three, three-three, something like that, then it won't be settled in the first leg. Mm. But you saw what happened last night: Real Madrid effectively Bayern are probably through as well. Uh, it, it's amazing how many times the first legs are decisive. I don't, I don't, I kind of agree with you on that way. Uh, United fans obviously weren't uh, the uh, the the whole getting knocked out by Seville. Uh, you'd have thought well, that one certainly wasn't. That one certainly the wasn't. Like, yeah. uh, there was big games like uh, when Chelsea won the Champions League. They went to Barcelona and drew two two. If you remember, yeah. and it was the Torres. Um, last minute goal and that one wasn't is there not a bit of excitement that you get to bring the game back to the Etihad would you not would you like it to it's be completely to me, killed off tonight would it be all over and yeah, then we no, can get finish that. United yeah, off on Saturday I know but like, just to go back to that ridiculous United situation that that nil-nil draw over at Sevilla was you could you're still banging on about that yeah, but, but that that is the situation you don't want to be in a nil-nil going back to Old Trafford is the situation you absolutely don't want to be in because it puts you in, it puts you the stress that you're under, and we 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 flopped out because of the stress or whatever it was. With the manager couldn't make a right decision, or the players were were forced to play in positions they're not supposed to play, yeah. and all that sort of thing. Whatever it was, it was a terrible idea to to nil nil that. I can't imagine nil nil's going to be the scoreline tonight, though. Can no, you? I can't no, imagine not nil-nil. at all. Not those be teams. I, I can't tell you. I know. I can't tell you how excited I am just to watch it. I think it's going to be an absolutely incredible yeah, game yeah, of yeah. football. And it, and when people say, Who why do you, why do you love... want to win then, given, given that you're both red? <laughs> I'm not I've had, red. I've had a couple of thoughts about this. I've had a couple of... <laughs> Let me just turn my page over. I can only see Steve. two words there, Steve. One of them gives you F. Right, we, I keep being asked by by you guys mostly, who do I want to win and all this sort of thing. And and part of me is supposed to see as a United fan, I want Liverpool to lose because I hate them more than City and all that. But I had a good think about it today after I thought about this other thing. <laughs> I had busy to, morning, mate, mate. Mate, I had to be a lie down for half an hour after all this, you know what I mean? I'd only just got up. <laughs> it was half nine. <laughs> um and realistically, <laughs> I would like I would like Liverpool to win. Do you want Liverpool? And I'll to tell win? you why. I'll tell you why. <laughs> okay. I want Liverpool to get through because there is no way what they've got in the tank is gonna get is gonna beat Real Madrid or Barcelona. So at the end of the day, that you're both. I've just, heard that argument. You're both just gonna fizzle out. My the other the other reason the reason is because if City get through this. They have got the best. They've got a, as good a chance as Real Madrid and Barcelona. Really, that's what I think. Because just because of the way you've got quite a few superstars, um, Real Madrid just has Ronaldo, which can. But you've you've got a few there. You've got De Bruyne. You wow. can break it down. You can break it down into into actual individual games. So I think United fans uh, would ha- be happy if Liverpool won tonight. 
which means that City then must, must win at the Etihad the next week, which means the pressure will move from the derby to the week after, if you get me. City so, aren't going to be that bothered about the derby anyway. Are you sure? Yeah, well, maybe... That's maybe, another subject we can that's talk another about. Su- We are going to talk about that at the back end of the show, uh, but it, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the key plays for tonight, then, uh, for yourself, Ian, who do you think's really got to have a, a stunning game for City? Who do you think will, will be the sort of the breaking point for Mick City, the, the better team? David Silva didn't play in the 4-3. I think he will make a massive difference. He's playing better than I've ever seen him play. We know that Aguero's not going to play tonight. It's going to be Gabriel Jesus. He looked really impressive yep. at Everton. I know oh, it was okay. only Everton, but his movement and the little flicks that he did were breathtaking, I have to say. Um, you, you might not have seen them all, Steve. I know you might have only watched highlights or perhaps not seen it. Uh, and that isn't meant as a put-down. I'm just saying, you know, as a fact, yeah. you might not have seen them. But he did actually play very well in that game. Right. Uh, now, whether he can reproduce that, I hope he can. But it's obvious that De Bruyne, Fernandinho, players at the back like uh, Vincent Company and Nicolas Otamendi are all going to be key because I think to win a game like this, every single player has to be right at the top of his game. That would apply to Liverpool. You've got to be pressing high as well, but you've got, um, is it Firmino, Salah, uh, they're coming for you. And how do you think your defence will stand up to that? Well, it's all about keeping possession. Obviously, at Everton, they had 82% possession. I'm not suggesting Crikey. they're going to do that tonight. But if they do manage that, then you don't have to worry too much about what they've got. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I wonder tonight whether City might go with three at the back uh, and, and you know well, play and press high up. No, actually, well, yeah, of course they'll press high up. I mean, that, that's in their nature. But double up on the left-hand side of City's defence, which is where Mo Salah is. Yeah. yeah. So, therefore, if you've got let's say Danilo as you're out and out left back because obviously you've not got um, um, Mendy fit yet. Yep. Mm. He's not, he's not going to suddenly throw him in, I wouldn't have thought. He has got Fabian Delph in theory uh, and against Everton he played Laporte as a left back. But I think he's more likely, if he's going to do this, to go with a three, which would be Otamendi on the right, Vincent Company in the middle, Laporte on the left and then on outside left. I don't mean it as a winger, you know, but the left-hand wing back would then be Danilo with um, okay. Walker on the other side, which means effectively you've got Laporte and Danilo trying to stop Salah. But they can't overthink defensively, and they won't overthink defensively because City's all about having possession and dominating other teams. So that will be their main I was going to say priority. score on one more, but it's more score four more. Isn't score it? four more. <laughs> uh, we've got to take a quick okay. break. Uh, the Wednesday Club will be back. I've got a couple of games to go through with you. You'll love it. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Wednesday Club with me, John McGrath, uh, Steve Shanyaski and Ian Cheeseman. Uh, earlier today, whilst we were recording the show, uh, somewhere through the show, we found out that Ray Wilkins, uh, former England captain, uh, also played for United, AC Milan Rangers, and QPR had uh, passed away. He was 61 years old and uh, devastating news for the footballing world. Ian, uh, just a word from yourself. You've met the man. Uh, you said he was, he was a very kind man. Gentleman. I mean, this is what everybody will say in their tributes to him. Uh, I have personal uh, experience of that. I've met him, as you say, and uh, just an extremely lovely, genuine fellow. Great footballer. Um, he was... As a player, sometimes used to describe him as the crab. You know, he used to go sideways a little bit too often for my liking. But but nevertheless, you know, I acknowledged he was a great footballer. I remember that my, my abiding memory of him in terms of personal contact wasn't actually meeting him. Uh, but, I you know, I had his number and every now and again... 
if I needed to to interview, you know, somebody about Chelsea or United or whatever, I'd give yep. him a call. And uh, the number, it must have happened more than once, actually, this, but I've rang him up round about sort of four or five o'clock, something like that. And he's answered the phone. Um, Hi, yeah. Is, is that Ray? Well, yeah. Um, uh, would you mind just uh, doing an interview for me? Yeah, I'm, I'm just doing the school run at the moment. I'm uh, just outside the school picking up my kid. But I should be home by then, young man. You know, because that would be one of his little things, wouldn't it? Yeah. Young man, because he said that about every player. And and but with just such a lovely, gentle, gentlemanly, and I can't emphasize that enough manner about him. Yeah. Um, and and sixty one, blimey, that is no age. Um, and we know he's had some troubles in terms of. I think you know it's quite quite well known that he he had a problem with drink for a little while, and I don't know whether that's contributed to ultimately his passing today. But very very sad and. Clearly, he's got kids uh, because he wouldn't have been doing the school run yet if, uh, if he hadn't. <laughs> and so, you know, to his family, to his friends, to everybody that knows him and everybody that remains, you know, I can only pass on my condolences and what a true gentleman he was. Um, obviously, we had to, we can't get you the reports live of what's happening, so other stuff might have come out about uh, his passing. Uh, what I do recommend you do is head over to Twitter and search Ray Wilkins. So far already, I've seen goals galore, so you can have a look if you didn't know what kind of player he was. Have a look at some of his highlights of his career, read some of the messages that are coming through, uh, and just give uh, five or ten minutes to, to remember what a great footballer he was. Uh, scored some magic goals, uh, played like an absolute uh, hero, and for, for many great teams as well. Uh, so head over to Twitter, go and have a look at what he was like as a player. If you if you just need a refresh, or if you're a young lad and might not know what he was like as a footballer, like myself, go and enjoy yourself because you will. Um, so there to Ray Wilkins, the Wednesday Club, um, wishes his family all the best, and you know hopefully you know he he will be remembered as a as a true great. Now moving on to um, Alan Pardew, uh, he is. Okay. Um, I, uh, I'm going to go down this route. I'm going to go down. The in a, in a weird way a bizarre route of how this circle the magic roundabout of incredibly bad English co- British coaches keep on getting jobs in and out of struggling clubs. Yeah, Alan Pardew was sat from West Brom. He was brought in, didn't really do much impact in it. I do have a game on the way about worst managers in <laughs> Premier League. <laughs> you right? will love it. But I'd love your thoughts and opinions about why clubs keep using the same old, same old ragged managers who don't seem to be doing anything for previous clubs, who who might keep a club up just by the the, the skin of the teeth. I, I don't you get just it. Answer your own question, they call it, Joe. They call it new manager bounce, don't they? Just when one arrives, they, the whole team gets focused, and and that's enough to get. Is it not just them... laziness is by it, the is clubs? Is it not just statistics? You know, you love statistics, Steve. I'm not a big fan <laughs> of statistics. statistics. 16 in the bedroom. It's the syllables I love. You've got loads of them written down there on your sheet of paper, haven't you, that you're going to refer to later. But no, in all seriousness, he, the, the statistics of uh, people you know, like Tony Pulis and Alan Pardew and Sam Allardyce in terms of, yeah, they, they've been at eight different clubs and they've never, you know, I'm not saying this fits them all. Steve will know because he's got yeah. it written down. But, you know, there'll be certain managers who have never been relegated, have never took a club down. Mark Hughes is another one. Never took a club down. But actually, if you look into it more than just the statistics, you you, you strip away the veneer, what are you left with? You're left with fairly dour sort of managers who build on defence. And we talked about this, funnily enough, and this is probably where you got the idea from, Joe, on Forever Blue last night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah. I listen all the time. <laughs> and... Uh, Sean was saying, you know, that 
his fear is that the way Pep Guardiola is building teams now and football teams, all about attacking, and you can say that um, perhaps um, over at Liverpool, um, the same thing is sort of happening. And and there are teams around Europe, obviously Barcelona, who have always believed in this sort of football. Yeah. United but, at the moment, eh? United certainly <laughs> did, didn't they? Did. Absolutely yeah, did, did. did. You know, and that, that, that maybe uh, this sort of safety first, this fear first. Of, they look at a manager's statistics and they think, well, English. And another thing they do is they say, English managers know the English game, know how to keep in the division and all this business. And, and people will say the same about English. You need a core of English players. What a lot of nonsense. Mm. You don't need a core of English players. You don't need a, an English manager. You need the best manager. You need the best players. <laughs> yes. And and I, and I and wish a big were... wedge of money to buy him as well. Yeah, yeah true. But I mean, if, I, I'd be more than happy if City had an English. English coach and 11 English players but only if I thought those were the best ones yeah, yeah. because we're in a world now where you can whether we like it or not go out and select whoever you want and that's why so many foreign players have come into the English game and it's very sad that Eng- the English Premier League is full of so many foreigners and those managers unfortunately are giving English managers and coaches because there are good ones out there yeah. like Lee Johnson at Bristol City um, you know, who seems to me to be one of those who's booking the trend and playing the football the right way. And he's not the only one, but I'm just using him as an example. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, those big names like Pardew, uh, like Sam Allardyce, are cliched, defensive, you know, a dour sort of managers. I'm, I'm not necessarily saying I agree, by the way, because I think Sam Allardyce is, is very underrated as a coach. Mm-hmm. I really do rate Big Sam. But that is the way that they're pigeonholed, so... I mean, you started off by selling, saying Alan Pardew was basically not a good manager. He, he's, he did all right at Newcastle. But there's been, is there not been Devil. lots of reports about him being mean to the younger players? It's not the way to go about your business. You said about it, Newcastle, though, but who would you think Newcastle fans would rather have now? Rafa Benitez or, or, or Pardew? Kevin Keegan, English coach. They'd have him, wouldn't they? Yeah. I'm just struggling to see. I feel like when you... if. if Teams in the Premier League can get a bit lazy and just decide to pick on the, the old bunch that's still there. Whereas a team like Southampton, when they weren't lazy, went and got Pochettino. Can't, even though he didn't speak English, he was brought in because at this point now, the Premier League clubs have got more money than a lot of clubs in the world. So if you want to bring in a manager, you, you can probably afford it. You know, If you want to go out there and spend a bit of dough on a manager and really look... So what Southampton did is they really searched for a man that they wanted to come in and use their youngsters to the, their potential and build up a team that has got... He was mid-table then, which and then Tottenham came in and took him away. What a great example of Southampton. You're shooting your own argument in the foot. What do they do? They bring in Pellegrino, OK, another, another European coach. It didn't work for them. So now that they're absolutely desperate... Let's get Mark Hughes. Let's bring yeah, in and Mark, Mark Hughes. Hughes. That does shoot down the argument somewhat, doesn't it? I know, yeah, I suppose it does. But the, the, being the desperate nature of the Premier League, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't the, understand. I can see the penny dropping. I just think there's another, there's a, there should be another batch of play of, of managers. They get used. These managers for me are just. If I was a, if I was a sport a club that signed one of these roller coaster managers no or roundabout one, managers, no one can surely want Pardew at the moment. Not even in the in the. Um, championship well, Mark division. Mark Hughes could effectively Surely. take two clubs down this season. Yeah. Stoke, who yeah. it was his team earlier this season, and Southampton. Why? But, why would Southampton go for Mark Hughes on that basis? What about Tony Pulis? Tony Pulis is about to take Middlesbrough up, isn't he? Oh, it, potentially. Yeah. So would would you ever think of him coming into the the Premier League again? I, it, it, I think West Brom made a massive boo boo when they got rid of Tony Pulis. No. If they'd have kept Tony Pulis, I think they'd have stayed in the Premier League. Now I get where you're going that the, 
The, the imagination but there's all sorts of, the... of issues with West Brom, isn't there? Financing, yeah, not buying of off players. It's not just it's not down of to course. the manager not doing of the course. job. No, you're right, and, and it is more complex than that. But, you know, Joe wanted to introduce this particular debate, so that's why we're having it. <laughs> and I think it's a debate that... I, I, it's just frustrating for me to see these managers. And, and, and in the in the media as well, there's, there's a lot of people that, that big them up because, obviously, they can't slag them off because they might have a charity meal with them in two months down the line or they might be doing a speech them. So the media give these guys a bit more shine than they deserve. But I just, using that's my position... That's an, inter- that, yeah, that's using an interesting my position, point I've never, ever, ever considered... I've never understood why managers get sacked and then and then re-employ almost instantly. It never made any sense to me. Is there any other job you could think of in the world where you get sacked and then get re-employed almost as quickly? There's so it's much not... power that the media has, and yeah. the fact is that English media, uh, they have good relationships with people like Mark Hughes and Sam Allardyce, which they won't have with people like Pep Guardiola, um, maybe Jose Mourinho and, and other... You know, Klopp obviously is a slight yeah. exception Don't... because he seems to have great media relations. But on the whole, yes, Jose the, on the head there. The legacy to Klopp uh, of Klopp and um, thingy. Your manager, I can't remember. Pep Guardiola. Guardiola. you can't remember. Oh, I know what the hell's going on just, here. Come it's on, It's not Guardiola. that early for you, Come Steve, on, surely. I've burnt my brain today with these four ideas. Is that they play attack, 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 score more goals. It's the best thing to watch in football, really. Come on. We don't yeah. want to see. We don't want to see nil-nil, nil-one games. They but would are you dull. be saying that if you were a West Brom or Southampton yeah, true. fan? Also, what's fascinating as well is another part of the, the world. i saying it in a Brummy accent. <laughs> <laughs> another part of the, the thing we've not even looked at is as soon as we got sacked from West, uh, West Brom or we left West Brom or whatever, the, there was another industry that pounced on it and that was the betting industry. They already had their list of the, the top five managers that are going to replace him. You get place your bets now. It was a minute after he got sacked. How does these betting companies know who's next in line to take over at the West Brom job? Bef- you know, probably before the West Brom uh, chairman and, and and caretaker manager even know what's going to happen. It's just bizarre. The whole thing is, is bizarre. West Brom will go down. Have you had a look at the table recently and thought about who else might be joining them? Uh, I think Newcastle have done rather well and they might be safe. I think, still um, think Swansea might just sneak in there. You know? The one I don't want to go down is Huddersfield. I love that story of them, you know, the, the effort they put in. And they looked good last season. They were they worried City when yeah. I think when they visited uh, Yeah. When you visit them, um, beat United. Just stick that. I didn't write that down, so I'd completely <laughs> forgotten about that. Oh, so. <laughs> um, you get my point, though. I don't want to see them go down. Oh, it's not far for an away game either. No, that's true. For like like you tonight. Yeah. Right, we're going to play a game. It's a very simple game. <laughs> Um, so how many things can Steve actually remember in one 24-hour <laughs> period? Um, I'm going to give you the... Uh, this is the, the, the list of the worst uh, managers that it's points per game that it's worked on. Points You'll need per to game. write this down, Steve. Um, I'm going to give you some... I'm going to give you two managers and you've got me to tell me who got the worst points per game. Uh, this is the bottom list. Points so, per game average. Points per game average, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, so, Ian, you go first. This is Mick McCarthy at Sunderland... <laughs> against Ian Holloway at Crystal Palace, who had the worst points-per-game ratio. I'm going to go with Ian Holloway. Ian Holloway had the worst... That's what I wrote down as well. 
unfortunately, <laughs> Mick McCarthy Mick at McCarthy. Sunderland, 0.27 points per game. Wow. Uh, Ian Holloway's 0.38 points per Not game. Not watching it, then. Uh, are you ready, Steve? Paul Jules at Derby County against Terry Connor at Wolves. Mm. You remember that famous season? <laughs> I would say uh, Derby County. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are correct. Uh, I'll give jo- him that because he's a United fan. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, joint one, the final one for both of you. Uh, I'll just shout this out. Uh, Alan Pardew at Crystal. We're both going for this. Yeah, Alan yeah. Pardew at Crystal Palace or Frank DeBoer at Crystal Palace as well. Ooh. I'm going to go for Pardew. You go for Pardew? Uh, well, just for the sake of me- yeah. a winner and a loser, I'll go for Frank DeBoer. I can tell you that. Alan Pardew got 0.44 points. Too high, that. Too high for so that Pardew. means, Steve, you are wrong. Yeah. Frank DeBoer, good... zero points at Crystal Palace. Zero. Ian Cheeseman oh, well wins the game. Uh, there'll be much, much more coming up after this short break that we've got to take. Uh, coming up, we'll be speaking about the Manchester derby as well as doing a little chat about Lukaku and... One more game that I like to call partnerships. Are you all excited? Like that means Steve, a partnership. <laughs> <laughs> what about? I thought we were more of a. Um, we're a trio. trio. We're a trio. Oh, that's like the I love, I love right. triangle, okay. we like to call them. <laughs> Bye. Welcome back to the Excess Manchester Football Social, the final part of the Wednesday Club as we build up to City and Liverpool in the Champions League. The love Steve, triangle as well. The, the love triangle is back for the last 20 minutes of your evening. We're not live because uh, Ian is currently at Anfield. I'm at Anfield. He's yeah. at Anfield. Uh, the crowd in the background. Yeah, you can see him with his flare in one hand. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's not him, obviously. Uh, this is uh, the, the Wednesday Club and we just like to preview everything uh, coming up uh, as well as having a bit more fun than the other show. Shows. Uh, we like to have a bit of a laugh, don't we, Steve? Aye, let's go. Right, it, I'm mate. going to talk about Lukaku. 100 club, he got in there. He um, scored 100 goals in the weekend uh, against Southampton. I <laughs> think he did score 100 goals against them. He uh, he only scored <laughs> one, which tipped him over the, the line. He joins a, a, a load of elite players, including the likes of Pierre Crouch. I think you can all agree on. Uh, and we are going to be doing a bit more of a quiz later on. But Lukaku, for you then, Steve, he is... Being, you could say, a success at United this season. What was your feelings it's towards? It's been one the of match? those strange sort of uh, earthquake, lithograph things where it just—he's had spikes, he's had troughs, he's had a very emotional season, just like Pogba, just just up and down all through the season. I, I remember periods yeah. where you didn't want to see him on the pitch because he—he just—it just wasn't happening for him. But I also think that that was because of the way that they were leaving him at the top and just lo- waiting for him to deal with long balls and him playing a holding position at the you know as a striker holder i mean it's just and waiting for people to catch him up it's not it's not it's not how he's designed to play he's got pace he's got strength he should be he should be chasing balls and and pushing players away and scoring in the back of the net and i do believe in the last sort of maybe last couple of months that started to appear more in his game again. It's all, you know, it's all down to Mourinho and the way he deals with the players and makes them play out of position and all that. But you can't that, play Lukaku out of position, though, can you? So, you know what I mean? Try, no, yeah. It's just, it's just a, it's not playing left back. Yeah, but the start, the style of way, the way that it makes him play, and he's had to hold up and wait for the team. I just, I feel that he's get, he's getting a lot better this second half of the season than he was this first half. I really do. I got a lot of. I got a lot of love for him as well. A lot more love than I have for Pogba because he uh, there were certain games as well where he was really trying to pull the team up and get him get him going. I know the severe game, we go back to it again, but that that's a very very recent 
relevant point that he was one of the only few, if not the only one I saw in that game where the guy was like screaming at his team, come on, come on, we can we can achieve what we what we want here. We, we can win this game. He was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but he was trying. Do you know what I mean? That kind of passion is what you need on a pitch. And it was one of the few that had passion that day and it was that 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 is the reason why I love him at the moment. When you watch Lukaku, you know, you've seen the highlights of him. Do you do you see him as someone who can, you know, keep getting better, or is he just that kind of guy who'll get twenty twenty five goals a season? Well, you know, I've I've expressed before that I think uh, Mourinho's the wrong man for United, um, and I think with a better. Well, don't worry, because you know there's only a season left in him. <laughs> if that, you know what he's like. <laughs> well, he, he always wins the league in his second season at every club, doesn't he? Oh no, of course that's gone out. Of but anyway, look and at... he only lasts three seasons max since his first job in 2001. I've checked all the stats, mate. It's all written in my book. Yeah. <laughs> I think Lukaku is very good at what he does. Um, I think he, he's he's a great tar- target man. Maybe that type of player, you know, big, strong, and he can yeah. finish, no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. He's a quality player. Um, whether or not in at the very, very top level of modern football, the way it's now changing uh, with these teams that are all about, which City are obviously demonstrating about possession and movement, uh, Gabriel Jesus, for example, who at Anfield is going to play in a similar type of position, at least on paper, is such a different type of player than Lukaku. And if United are going to compete at that absolute top level, I believe that eventually uh, Lukaku is going to have to be replaced. But whilst United are playing their way they are, ironically, I think he probably suits Mourinho's style a little bit more than a, a you know a, a Jesus or an Aguero would, because I think United at the moment. You're going to hate me for saying this, but they are a little bit long ballish. They are a little bit, um, you know, hit it towards a big, strong man and get him to whack it in. And Lukaku does that very effectively. Yeah, you can look, you, you just look at the the sort of skyline of, of our United squad. It, it's tall. They're all tall. <laughs> They're all very tall They're people. They're all tall, big Matic, players, Lukaku. but that's been proven that, that you don't need to be that. Look at Salah, you know, look at most of City's exactly. team. You need, you need quick, intelligent, fast, one touch. Movement. One touch, mate. It's all about that Lukaku, one touch. The one worry I have about Lukaku is he's quite big. And he's way faster than you think he is, though. That's the one thing. He's that. He's a super strong athlete, but he is way faster than you think. How old is he, by the way? I think 24? He's 24. Yeah. So he's probably got about another four or five years of... But what I will bed. say from what I've seen is, at that pace, 60, 70 minutes is all you can get out of him firing at that pace and then he, he seems to just drop off big time so he's so got he that, he's got... gets the gets the uh, game done and dusted before that, he needs that, to that could that's be genuine that from, from a down to that it is down to I've, that because I've of the fast you... the fast fast twitch muscle thing that all athletes you know the slow twitch fast twitch slow twitch is a lot of endurance you can last a long long time but fast twitch which is sprinters uh of his build exactly his build cannot sustain an, an, an increased length of wow. journey. That's the most intelligent thing you've ever that said in this really show, Steve. That. That <laughs> no, my mum wrote that down. <laughs> yeah, Torre was that type of player, and that's yeah. why he's dropped over the cliff yeah, now. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful player that he was. He's relatively still young, and yet he'd gone over the cliff. And even in, in his peak, you know, he would do those lung-busting runs which blew everybody away and everybody were in awe of. Uh, and but then it, it'd take him like five or six minutes to get his breath back. And at, at the moment, at that age, Lukaku, he, he, although I'm, I take your point, he might tire a little bit towards the end of a game. Uh, he can still do that in a sustained manager ma- manner for United. Yeah. But eventually, he might only be able to do that in short bursts as well, because that's what happens when you get bigger. But then, you know, you look at Le God, you know, who's gone to Galaxy now. 
um, you know, and he, I know he came in right at the end of his his career to play for United. He was pretty static, but he had that big physique and that yeah. big presence and finishing. If Lukaku can change his game to play like that, he might fit into certain teams. But I still don't think at the absolute top of football these days that that will work. Uh, I had a game all about partnerships, which I'm going to save till next week because oh, I, we're good during our time. Because no, because during the break I, I came up with an even better game. Ooh. I uh, managed What's to in Google Steve's thought book. I managed to Google. I wanted to find out. Not Googled Steve's no, thought book. Steve's thought book of thought. It's on Amazon for 60 quid. Uh, I wanted to Google who had the shortest um, time as a Premier League I manager. finished that sentence. Yeah. yeah. And what I've came up with is a list of Premier League managers' heights oh, from oh, the, right. the smallest and tallest. So... We're going to do this. Let me, let me take first guess. Right, so I'm going to give you two managers. you got to tell me which one's taller. It's very simple, this game. Let's go with... You bamboozled Steve now. That's what he's expecting. So, uh, <laughs> so, Who is taller? Zola for Chelsea would be the smallest manager that's ever. That's not the that's, question. That's not right. the question, is it? Right. Who is smaller? Jose Mourinho yeah. or Pep Guardiola? Oh, so who's tallest? I want who's tallest, actually. Tallest is uh, Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola. You are correct. Um, Who is taller? Jose Mourinho or Sir Alex Ferguson, Ian Cheeseman? Oh, are you talking now? Because it'll have shrunk a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You get shrunk and you get older, (laughs) don't you? Talking now. So I'm going to go Mourinho, then. No, surprisingly, uh, Pep and Alex Ferguson, according to Wikipedia, are the same height. Oh, come on, right. you have that. Here's a question for you before we continue this Nobody game. I've got a game here. Yeah, but wait, but when a manager's doing really badly, they shrink in demeanour. <laughs> so Moyes when he started for United and Moyes when he was about to get sacked. <laughs> There's a question for you. Yeah. Next one, I'm David Moyes. Wenger. Wenger at the end of this season. He's going to be like, little. David Moyes or Alan Pardew, who is taller? Oh, uh, I'm going to go for Moyes. You are correct. I've got it, I've got it against Pardew, so We're... any question, I'm just going to say no with him. <laughs> We're going to move down to the taller uh, end of the spectrum. No, you're moving up to you're the taller up, yeah. end. Yeah, not going down to it. True. Mick McCarthy <gasps> or Sam Allardyce. Ian Cheeseman. Who's Sam Allardyce. Ooh. Sam Allardyce. I would have gone for Big Mick. You are correct. Okay. Is Sam Allardyce How for you then? How big is Sam Allardyce? Well, t- well, that's not the game. Is it? He's just, he's circular though, isn't he? He's big Sam Allardyce mind. or Arsene Wenger? Oh, Arsene Wenger is taller than Sam Allardyce. Yeah. Sam Allardyce or Jurgen Klopp? Oof. Go on, Ian. I would go for Sam Allardyce again. Unfortunately not. Oh, sorry. Just kick something there. Unfortunately not. The last one. Arsene Wenger or Jurgen Klopp? Who is taller? I'm going to go for Clippity Klopp. Jurgen Klopp. Would you have gone the same, Ian? Uh, yeah. You are correct. The, the tallest manager in the Premier League is Jurgen Klopp. Is he? Would you have known? Yeah. There you go. What we do now. You learn something new every day here on the Wednesday Club. Uh, right now, let's move on to a little matter in hand, known as the... Um... One matter in hand. Van Hal would have been the tallest, that wouldn't That would be he? an interesting one if one matter plays in the derby. Why? 
because I, you know how much I like. You do Rashford. like it, might, if they start Matter and Rashford. Oh, I don't know who you'd support, Ian. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the derby. Uh, it is uh, coming up on Saturday. It's a very interesting derby. There is actually a title at stake. I don't think this has ever happened before in the Manchester derby, where a title can be uh, won by well, uh, one of the clubs. Yeah, United could have won the derby, the league at Sunderland, and City did it at QPR. Yeah, well, I know that. Yeah. I mean, We're when they when they no, that's what I mean. Playing each other, as in yeah. it. Could swings on whoever uh, wins or loses that game. Uh, the Manchester Derby Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a big kickoff. I, uh, you can be a bit nervous for it. Uh, everyone will be nervous for it. Steve, your thoughts, please, going into this Manchester. Will you be hiding? Local derby at half five is one of the weirdest things ever, is it not? It's that that goes against bonkers, what everyone that. had said bonkers. for years and years and years. Not yeah, it's crazy. Not Saturday, five thirty. Yeah, it should be no. lunch. Should be lunchtime. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I'm scared to death, mate. If, <laughs> if United play that game that they played uh, earlier in the season where they were frightened and trapped on the right wing, I remember, I keep saying it, I remember one period where there was three or four City players around a United player and he didn't have a clue what to do. Yeah. That I never want to see again in a red shirt. I want to see United. I want to see Sanchez firing on all cylinders. I want to see T. I want to see partnership. I want to see players that are in form playing in their positions and hopefully we can beat you by one or two more goals than you score. Now, here's a question for you, Steve. You probably, I'm, I'm I certain, do not want to see a nil-nil. I would be sick to my stomach. Almost certainly. I know you haven't got a ticket for the game. And I'll tell you one more thing. One more thing. I, I don't care if United lose if they play as hard and as best as possible. If they go out there for a draw and stick Fellaini on for a long ball, I would be more disappointed uh, than anything in that. That would be horrendous. Here's my question to you, right? I gave you a... Here's a ticket for the Etihad on Saturday in the United end. Would you take it? Yeah. You'd go? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, do you not think there'll be some United fans who'll I'd think... I'd sell it. I don't... <laughs> ah, right, right. We're getting into it now. It's not a money-making thing, just, this. Let me just think. Let me just think what I could spend that money get, on. <laughs> do you think you'd get any buyers, though? Would United fans want to be there, potentially... To see City win the league against them, mate. There's, That's always, what I'm there's always enough people hanging around Old Trafford going in the souvenir shop to buy it's that not ticket. About mate. can you sell a ticket? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get into his head. His mentality. I've got some mates. I'll send you the ticket if you it's want. It's not the Tout Club. <laughs> Talking about would you totally go to it, tangent. Steve? Would you of course Thanks, I would go. Of course I would go. Right. A ticket to see even United, if it means losing go. the the Premier League to City. Well, what what? They're gonna United have got to play with no no fans at all because we're all in a big I'm bad mood. <laughs> oh, we're all in a mood. Pugnut play well. <laughs> no way. We'll be there to support you. Give me that ticket. I promise I won't sell it and buy some clothes and shoes. We need shoes at home <laughs> and an house. <laughs> you need shoes. We need, to, at we, home. we need an indoor toilet. That I don't quite know how much you think you'd get for a ticket. If you say the United fans might not even get there, and oh, why are we talking about prices of tickets? <laughs> hey, hey, let's leave Tout Club for another time. Uh, I, well, for what it's worth, I think all the pressure's on United in that derby. Absolutely. And that's exactly Absolutely. the because, opposite of what because a lot of people is, think. Because City is inevitably they're going to win the league. So the pressure's on United to show... And, and Mourinho Especially, as well. He's got this thing with Pep. Oh, he's not. He's not even a good human being. He's been saying as <laughs> the latest, the latest slam. And the guy's like, the like, the guy's not living in a hotel like Mourinho. And he's probably thinking, I'm about to win the league. I'm not really bothered what you think, mate. He need Mourinho needs to go out there and show 
what this this golden man of football can actually achieve City. with all the players and all the millions that we spent on that team. I want to see that. City are going to go out on Saturday with, I believe, a weaker team than the team that plays at Anfield tonight. F- That's not Foden to say it's a weak that. team, but yeah. it will be weaker. So there will be some players missing. Imagine if City win the league, beating United with a weaker team at the Etihad. How good is that going to be? And with that thought, we have to leave you there. This has been the Wednesday Club. Uh, the game tonight kicks off. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a mad game tonight, and then we won't speak to you until next week when we will know we will know this time next week at the Wednesday Club if City are at the semi-finals and if City have won the Premier League against United. Uh, luckily, Steve, you're not here. You want the, the lowdown on Coronation Street next week? I'll be your man for We'll that. give you bell. Uh, thank you very much, tonight. Ian Cheeseman. Hope you enjoy the match tonight. <laughs> uh, Steve, enjoy Corrie. Uh, feelings you. back alive. Yeah. I've heard that bit. Right. <laughs> stay, We're not up to that yet. Stay with XS Manchester. <laughs> Howl's up next uh, with some mega music. Uh, and Steve Berry back with you. 6 a.m. in the morning. Thank you very much for listening to the Wednesday Club. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.